Welcome to another episode of the Slam Fest Podcast, where we bring the premier rock concert pre-gaming experience from the parking lot to the podcasting airwaves. I'm Brad. So, last week had my third guest on, uh, my older brother, during his answering of the questions uh, on his music history. He talked about the band we're going to talk about today when he was talking about some of his out-of-format uh, bands that he liked from the 70s. So this is a tricky one, though. Um, I, I'm on the fence with whether this is an in-format or out-of-format um, band. Um, their 70s material is all blues-based, uh, 70s hard rock, really. Uh, they've got a uh, um, guitar ace um, whose who's lead playing really lends itself to more of a hard rock genre and then they went into the 80s and and got more commercial and and really 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 successful so this week's episode is going to revolve around reo speedwagon so my background with reo comes uh, directly from um, my brother matt so he had, and I can remember these album covers, so he had REO 2, um, album from 1972, I can still picture that um, cover, it's got kind of a live shot uh, of them, uh, but I remember, I can rem- I just every time I see it, uh, it takes me back um, to the seven, late 70s probably. Then he had the live You Get What You Play For, 1977. Um, Remember that cover of that album? And of course, one of the, I think it's the bass player that's got a cowboy hat on. So, you know, I didn't really know any of the music per se. So I didn't know if that was a, you know, a cowboy hat. Thought maybe it was more of a country album. And so he had the A Decade of Rock and Roll, 1970 to 1980. Uh, That was that red and yellow, kind of a red triangle on the cover, uh, Greatest Hits album that came out prior to High Infidelity in 1980. So I I obviously remember him buying that uh, High Infidelity album as well. You know, I can remember some of the early uh, videos for REO Speedwagon, which is is funny because they... (laughs) To me, and maybe to others, they never really seemed very comfortable at all. I mean, that those the videos they they had, um, they they just they looked like they were kind of going through the motions. They just they looked stiff. They they just didn't look comfortable. And of course, you know, seen live footage of them, and and they 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 look more in their element uh, live. But I mean the. Keep on loving you video, the can't fight this feeling video. I mean the, um, the just the the quote unquote acting parts of those videos are bad, are, are really really pretty bad. Um, so my history specifically again, high infidelity. I, I mean I remember keep on loving you, take it on the run. I remember those songs obviously being on the on the radio. Remember remember. Um, I remember "Can't Fight This Feeling" uh, being on the radio. You know that came out 
um, right when I was getting into middle school, so that was being played at uh, dances uh, as a slow slow song dance uh, number. And so, but I, I do remember um, buying the second decade of rock and roll, 81 to 91, and it was mostly live. Um, I recall my, my girlfriend during high school, um, I believe she had um, a copy of the, the Hits collection that came out in 88, or maybe her sister did. And I think she had, uh, I think they had High Fidelity as well, so that kind of got me back in to them um, at the time. So, you know, again, back to um, REO specifically, you know, more of a hard rock band in the 70s. Um, obviously, you went into more of a commercial rock sound in the, in the 80s. And, you know, somehow they found a way to combine... You know, Gary Richrath's hard rock guitar sound, his solos, you know, into Kevin Cronin's more uh, pop rock sensibilities um, from his kind of writing style, and they were able to combine that very well. So, you, you know, he still, still had kind of the rocker guys, um, you know, attracted uh, to them, but then obviously he had uh, more of the... Um, Maybe more of the female audience, um, with regards to some of the ballads uh, that made them made them so big. I mean, perfect example of that is just listen to the guitar solos during those big ballads. I mean, keep on loving you. Take it on the run. Fight this feeling. The guitar tone that he had um, was was amazing, and I mean those solos are so melodic, so memorable. Um, and again, you know, he was just a Rich Rath was just a Les Paul through a Marshall uh, type guy, um, but just a monster monster player. 
Um, and, it, you know, even with the, the rock songs, as they kind of got into the 80s, um, you know, the guitar was kind of more in the more in the background. I mean, you could just, you could tell, you know, maybe uh, however they recorded it. He may have recorded some of those uh, songs um, full volume, and when they mixed it, they kind of brought it back so it was lower in the lower in the mix um but again they did it did it well and the the albums were produced well um you know uh which lent those songs to to pop radio more so this episode is going to revolve around the ario speedwagon show uh, i saw august 1st 1992 actually at the buffalo county fair in Kearney, Nebraska. So Kearney um, was about 40, 45 minutes west of where I uh, grew up and was uh, living at the time. So again, I was back from my freshman year in in college over the summer and um, can remember, so I was working uh, a couple different jobs uh, during the summer but had access to a radio so I, I can remember hearing the commercial uh, for REO coming to uh, the Buffalo County Fair. And that, that fair actually did a pretty good job of attracting, um, you know, maybe some artists and bands that obviously were not in their prime, but, you know, weren't too far removed from their, from their prime. Uh, and they, they actually got some, some decent, uh, decent artists. So uh, actually I uh, revisited that fair a year later uh, you'll have to wait and see who I saw um, in 1993. Um, but I, I can't recall for sure, but I, I believe I went with my with that uh, girlfriend um, uh, kind of from high school to this show. Um, I'm kind of drawing a blank on whether or not. I, I don't think I went alone, but um, I'm thinking that she went with me. Um, so their set list... Don't let him go. I don't want to know. Take it on the run. Love is a rock. That ain't love. Live it up. Keep pushing. Can't fight this feeling. Back on the road again. Keep on loving you. Roll with the changes. And then the encore was riding the storm out. And time for me to fly. So, um, short 13 song set. I can't recall if there was an opener. Maybe there was a local opener. Uh, but this um, venue, you know, was more of a, uh, um, it was indoors, but it was, you know, seemed to have a grandstand uh, in it, and I believe they had seats on the floor. I can't recall that for sure, uh, but I know I was on the floor um, for, the, for the show. And all in all, I mean, they, they sounded, sounded fantastic. The, the lineup, uh, actually, that we saw is the lineup that's still going today, which is, uh, which is interesting. Um, Dave Amato had replaced uh, Gary Rittraff in 1989, and Brian Hitt replaced uh, Alan Gratzer uh, behind the drum kit in 1988. So, again, I mean, that lineup wasn't, you know, it was only, uh, you know, two or three years kind of into that particular lineup, but... To think that that is still the lineup that's going today uh, is is pretty cool. Um, not much of a stage, um, you know, with with Ario Speedwagon. It's obviously more about the music, and they didn't need uh, too much uh, stage-wise. 
uh, diving into that that short set. Uh, so zero songs off of their debut, zero songs off of REO 2, one song off of Riding the Storm Out, zero songs off of Lost in a Dream, zero songs off of This Time We Mean It, one song off of the self-titled uh, uh, REO album, two songs off of You Can Tune a Piano But You Can't Tune a Fish, one song off of Nine Lives, three songs off of High Infidelity, Zero songs off of Good Trouble, which is just a travesty. Two songs off of Wheels Are Turnin', one song off of Life As We Know It, and two songs off of The Earth, A Small Man, His Dog, and A Chicken, which was the most recent uh, album from the band and had this lineup uh, on it, so obviously they were going to play some songs from from that as well. Um, you know, looking into the set, I mean, Don't Let Them Go, they've, they've been opening with that for... Uh, quite a while. They they always seem to play Take It on the Run early in the set, uh, which is an interesting um, decision. Um, you know, back on the road again, I can remember Bruce Hall, um, the bass player who wrote that song and sings that song, um, telling a story of, and I can't recall if he was telling a story from back in the day about driving I-80 through Nebraska. Um, and talking about um, Carney, which is obviously where they were, or if he was talking um, about coming there for this tour. It's a little fuzzy uh, in my head. And then obviously keep on loving you and roll with the changes, closing out the, the regular set and, and then riding the storm out uh, in time for me to fly, which I think they've closed with um, for a while. But again, I can I remember... It being really good, they sounded really good. Uh, Cronin's voice was uh, in good form, and all in all, it was a it was a great show. I uh, am glad that I glad that I got to see them. Um, this is the only time that I I got to see them, so uh, it was it was cool that it was close by. I didn't have to drive too far, and it uh, it was a great great show. So now on to the band on the bill spotlight, and as I mentioned, this is the only time I ever saw REO Speedwagon, so I want to focus on their catalog as a whole uh, and go through and do a, the two faves and one least fave, but trying to figure out, um, wasn't going to do their entire um, discography, but decided to do the Cronin Richrath era stuff, and that includes the two... Uh, um, earlier 70s albums, so REO 2, uh, which is the uh, kind of the iconic, in my eyes, album cover uh, that I mentioned earlier, and the REO album from 1976, and then including uh, You Can Tune a, a Piano But You Can't Tune a Fish, up through Life As We Know It, um, and uh, do two faves and one least fave. So starting with REO 2, so when I hear people talk about this album, hear people um, talk about Music Man, Like You Do, Golden Country. I know they played uh, those songs in concert, even the cover of uh, the Chuck Berry song, Little Queenie. Uh, those songs come up, but I'm going completely different direction. So uh, first fave, uh, Let Me Ride. And the second fave, uh, Being Kind, uh, can hurt someone sometimes. So Let Me Ride kicks off the album. So I think this is interesting that uh, Kevin Cronin, new uh, singer, 
Um, so this is a, uh, a Cronin penned song, and it leads off uh, the first album that he was on. Uh, mid-tempo intro and then kicks in. Awesome tempo change at the bridge, kind of a mellow um, part of the song. Um, great solo and backing uh, rhythm guitar during that solo. Um, but going back to that bridge, you know, living's just like sleeping. Why is life not like a dream? That that part um, is really really cool. Um, and then an upbeat outro with a, a keyboard solo. So lots of keyboard solos are going to be mentioned during this. And and uh, you know, I think uh, when you've got um, Neil Daughtry, uh, the the only original founding member of the band still left in the band, I think I can tip my hat to him and talk a little bit about that because he's he's prominent in a lot of these songs. So being kind can hurt someone sometimes. Again, Cronin uh, uh, writing credit on this. The intro uh, sounds very similar to Sundown by Gordon Lightfoot to me. Uh, verse is really kind of a trippy um, part of the song. Bridge chorus is great. Underlying riff uh, during that chorus is, is great. Uh, don't dream of answers because you know I've none to give. Uh, great lyric uh, from that song. And then least favorite on here. So I went with, and again, don't like to, um, <laughs> don't like to choose instrumentals or uh, covers necessarily. But I don't know that that cover of Little Queenie uh, just doesn't do much for me. Um, the original song, Chuck Berry's song, is two minutes and thirty-six seconds. This is six minutes and thirty-nine seconds. So too too long, uh, too much uh, jam jam banding going on. Uh, just not not a fan uh, of that uh, of that cover. So moving on to the REO album. So I went. Um, obviously, it's got uh, you know a big hit on it. Keep pushing. Um, but I went with I Believe Our Time Is Gonna Come and the song Tonight. So I Believe Our Time Is Gonna Come, written by Cronin, great riff, underlying piano, uh, backing vocals and, and keys during the first chorus, and then they kind of add a string, some strings and acoustic uh, on the second chorus, which is a cool uh, change up. Uh, but just a cool, cool song. Um, and then the song Tonight, which was written by Rittrap. Um, really kind of an Aerosmith Cooper 70s sound during the verses. Chorus sounds to me like Cooper. Tonight, tonight, I'm coming home to you. Um, and uh, But good, again, another, uh, another good song. And for my least favorite on this, went with the Flying Tuna Trot <laughs> um, instrumental. Again, you know, the rest of the songs on here, I was trying to find something that, that wasn't this instrumental um, as being my, my least favorite but couldn't um, just I mean it's short uh, which is which is a positive but it yeah just uh, just doesn't do do anything for me at all um, moving on to you can tune a piano but you can't tune a fish so great album uh, title uh, great album cover um, so obviously two huge hits uh, on this album uh, roll with the changes and time for me to fly which you can't really deny but um i actually went a different direction so um went with a song on side one blazing your own trail again uh cronin uh written song first verse uh, acoustic sounds a lot like bad company shooting star um 
The second verse adds uh, some palm muting guitar chords to it, so it starts to um, uh, get it rocking a little bit more. And then the, that chorus riff sounds so much like the um, the riff uh, from Crimson and Clover. So you know whether they were uh, given some nods uh, for this song, I uh, don't know, but the, it sounds like it. But just a cool, um, cool song overall. And then I went with the last track on the album, Say You Love Me or Say Goodnight. Cronin uh, and Richrath uh, co-write. Upbeat, album closer, uh, kind of a Saturday night. It's all right for fighting feel to it. Great chorus. And so not only a piano uh, solo, but you, you got a sax solo in there and then a guitar solo as well. So all three, uh, all three basses are covered. And then with the... Uh, least favorite again trying to find an actual song to include on here and could could not find something that I disliked more than uh, the instrumental uh, which is the unidentified flying tuna trot um, again just uh, uh, wish they <laughs> wish they would have put another um, actual song uh, in this you know, on this album and then on the previous album instead of the instrumental uh, would have uh, preferred to, to have that. So moving on to Nine Lives. So this was really kind of the last, um, you know, true and I'll say hard rock uh, album before they really started to go uh, down a more commercial uh, path that uh, was very successful for them. So I ended up going, I struggled with this one because there's a lot of good songs on this uh, album. Um, so I went with... Uh, the first and second song, great one-two punch, uh, heavy on your love, Cronin and Richrath, uh, written, great riff, heavy riff, uh, kind of a you know Cronin breathing at the beginning is is cool, but I mean this is a, you know I challenge anyone to listen to this song and not not uh, identify it as a hard rock song. Um, track two, drop it in old disguise, uh, Cronin, uh, written track. Great riff again. Reminds me of uh, Aerosmith uh, from the 70s. Uh, the riff and vocal phrasing and the chorus all all kind of sound like Aerosmith to me. Great backing vocals and a chugging riff during the chorus. Uh, drop it, drop it. It's no disguise. Uh, very cool piano solo and then uh, guitar solo during the outro, which interesting. You know, again, I've talked about piano solos. Um, but they, if they had a piano solo in kind of the traditional spot of the guitar solo, they always gave Richrath an opportunity to solo uh, during the outro of the song, which was which was cool. And again, so least favorite, and again, there's a trend going here, either instrumental or cover. That'll change. Um, but uh, the cover of rock and roll music on here, ugh, not, uh, uh, I just don't, when someone's doing a cover, I, I would wish, wish that they would um, do something with it to make it their own. In this instance, it just sounds like an updated version of that song, and, and uh, I don't think you can really touch the the original. So uh, that's what I'm going with on my on my least favorite. So now moving into the '80s, and we <laughs> uh, get to High Infidelity. So huge, huge uh, album uh, for the band. Um, you know, looking at looking at this uh, album, um, 
you know, I, I really didn't struggle too much with this. Um, you know, ended up going with Don't Let Him Go uh, and Take It on the Run. And, you know, Don't Let Him Go, uh, written by Cronin. Uh, that feedback intro, again, this led off the album, feedback intro, and then the bass and drums come in. Um, and then just, you know, really no riff during the verse, but it's just, he's just <laughs> doing that feedback. Um, you know, and then doing a couple of chords um, that, that go along with the, uh, the vocal phrasing. Just awesome. Um, and then great chorus, obviously with the uh, synth in there, classic REO, great drum fills, um, you know, during that uh, chorus. Again, keyboard solo and then guitar solo, kind of back to back. And then the up-tempo ending um, with the Don't Let Him Goes and, and then great guitar soloing. Uh, just a great lead-off track and a great um, lead-off song uh, for them in, in concert. And then I went with, I mean, I know it's a huge hit, uh, but Taken on the Run, I always loved that song um, and loved the fact that Rich Rath uh, wrote it. A fantastic verse melody, um, great chorus, and always loved the lyric uh, leading off that second verse, thinking up your white lies, putting on your bedroom eyes. Um, and then, of course, the solo, which I talked a little bit about earlier, his solos on uh, their ballads specifically, just the, the guitar tone and the, um, um, the phrasing. It's just so melodic uh, and memorable awesome and then that the last Cronin the last then I don't want you around um, the way he sings that is is so awesome uh, great great song and then for my least favorite I went with shake it loose it just you know short song doesn't do much not much of a hook in there just kind of a um, <laughs> just a quick quick song not much to it uh, the guitar solo is good but Overall, uh, stacked up against everything else on here, uh, that would be my least favorite. So then moving into uh, Good Trouble, you know, I mentioned that it was a travesty that there weren't any songs played. I mean, I can't believe they didn't play Keep the Fire Burning um, when I saw them, but I mean, there are, there are lots of other songs on here I wish that they would have played live. But so I went with... Um, one track on side one and one on side two, so I'll follow you and Good Trouble and title cut, so I'll follow you. Uh, Rich Rath wrote uh, that song. Mid-tempo reminds me of uh, a 70s journey, kind of late 70s journey musically, at least from a musical standpoint. Great verse, uh, change in tempo uh, with the bridge and great melody. We rolled it right along and the night got along, so I said, how would you like it to be? Great underlying piano during that part, and again, they tease the chorus kind of after that first bridge and then back to the verse uh, and then get into the uh, chorus, but great vocal during the chorus. I'll follow, I'll follow you. Uh, again, piano solo and, and guitar solo during the outro are great. Um, so great, great song. And then Good Trouble, which closes out the the album um, written by Cronin and this this is one of my favorite REO songs great riff verses are awesome and when he holds that last note um, 
I guess this is how I'm going to describe it, but it holds the, the last note after the second and fourth phrase uh, of each verse. Um, you know, after the show, I'll get a hold of you, holding the you, and I've got a feeling I know why you came, and again, holding that note, and then they've got some harmonizing uh, backing vocals uh, with that held note as well. Just so cool. Um, and again, great bridge into the chorus. Uh, you've been in, in some good trouble all night. Um, just well-written uh, song, great solo and great uh, uh, outro uh, solo as well. So just an awesome song uh, overall. And then least favorite on here, so every now and then. Um, and again, I normally like most of Rich Rat's uh, uh, writing credits uh, on their albums, but this one not... Not great. Mid-tempo song, doesn't do much. Uh, just not much there. Uh, but a, kind of a cool harmonizing uh, guitar solo. But again, overall, up against everything else on that album, uh, least favorite uh, for me. So then moving into uh, Wheels Are Turning. Um, ended up going with uh, uh, the bookends of the album. So I went, off, went with the lead-off track, I Don't Want to Know. And Wheels Are Turning, uh, title track that closed out the album. Again, both those songs written by, by Cronin. Uh, I Don't Want to Know, great upbeat opener, uh, great guitar fills during the verses, a lot of wah-wah pedal uh, stuff going on. Uh, great backing vocals, just, I mean, the chorus, just catchy as hell. Uh, you know, kind of a false ending at about the three-minute mark, and then back into a great outro with a chorus and in soloing so not sure you know the 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 title i do want to know um do you know d-o apostrophe uh kind of cheesy but uh overall great song and if, if you've seen uh, live versions of it, it it comes across great live uh and when i saw them they played it second which was which was great um wheels are turning again closing out the album uh uh, again, second great title cut uh, in as many albums, at least in my book. Uh, tribal drums uh, kind of at the chorus. Great chorus, great underlying riff, uh, and great guitar fill after the first chorus. Um, again, piano solo, wheels are turning, backing vocals during the outro is, uh, is very cool. So great, great song. And then least favorite, Break His Spell, um, just... Uh, just not a great song. I don't. I don't really have much to say about it. Just didn't uh, didn't uh, catch my ear uh, at all. So then, uh, last album uh, to go through. So life as we know it um, went with uh, Variety Tonight and Over the Edge. So Variety Tonight, uh, Neil Daughtry, uh, keyboard player, uh, written track, great groove. Um, almost kind of sounds like a. Uh, Hall & Oates song um, in the mid-80s there. Great guitar, uh, lead guitar melody uh, and bass line. Uh, the chorus is great with the, you know, you got some, you've got the, you know, the woes um, during the chorus. Make me feel right, honey, if you want it. Uh, or honey, if you've got it, uh, depending on the chorus and variety tonight. Again, great use of the word honey. Um, you don't get that uh, much anymore, but uh, very cool, great melodic, memorable solo, and again, just great backing vocals uh, during the during the song. Then went with Over the Edge, Rich Rath, 
uh, and two outside riders. Uh, great chorus. Reminds me of something, and I, I was hoping by the time uh, I recorded this, I, I would have remembered, but I can't think of what the, the chorus uh, sounds like. But again, great outro uh, guitar soloing and, and just a great, uh, great song. Uh, and then the last song on the album is actually my least favorite, so Tired of Getting uh, Nowhere Fast. Um, just, yeah, it just doesn't do anything for me. Odd, odd placement for the song at the end of the uh, album. Um, just, uh, again, just not a great song. Um, I did want to mention um, before moving on, so that Hits album that came out in 88 after Life As We Know It had two new tracks on it. Uh, I don't want to lose you in here with me. Um, I don't want to lose you. Great song. Uh, two outside writers uh, wrote it. Um, great rocker, just a great riff, mellow verse, and then just big chorus, a big 80s chorus. Uh, very, very cool song. And then here with me, uh, Cronin and an outside writer. Great, great ballad. I can remember this. Obviously, I was uh, um, in. Uh, um, just going into high school when this came out so you know piano intro big chorus great harmonizing uh and great bridge you can take these words to bed with you um, um some good lyrics in there as well so um anyway overall um great catalog um of, of music and uh um, fun to go through and and uh pick my faves so now on to the Slam Fest tip of the week. So, you know, last week uh, with my brother on, we talked a little bit about the, you know, tailgating environment. We started to talk a little bit about playing music. That is obviously the centerpiece uh, of our pre-gaming experience. And uh, I can go into tons of detail, and I'll be doing that over the next uh, uh, several, several weeks. Um, but wanted to kind of... Um, piggyback on something that I had said last week so you know we generally I don't know how this really happened or you know whether it was kind of an unwritten rule and just everybody abides by it but as we go around however many people we've got there you know we go through a song selecting process as we're as we're pre-gaming and everyone gets to put their uh, stamp you know on the on the festivities but we don't generally play the artist or band that we're going to see. It's no, no what matter if it's the openers or if it's a, a, a package deal or a festival thing. We just we do not <laughs> we do not play who we're going to see that night. Um, you know, with the idea of hey, we're going to see them perform uh, later. Um, sometimes I get people when I tell people that they say, "Well, why don't you play, you know, some deep cuts or something from them?" And yeah, yeah, we just don't, uh, we just don't do that. So instead, you know, we get into similar genres. Obviously, uh, is is what people will will play. You know, I'm into you know coming up with some sort of a theme uh, related to the band or bands on the bill. You can get into the family trees of the band, uh, and you know do stuff from uh, from previous members um, and their solo projects and all that type of stuff or solo stuff from some of the existing band members that's that's allowed um, you know even getting into the songs from the, where the band originated you know uh, you know what what uh, 
uh, area of the of the world are they from and and play similar stuff from there or where the, some of the band members were born or or where they're from I mean there's all kinds of different things that you can do um, and there's plenty of music out there uh, to choose from without having to play the artist uh, or band that you're going to see so now that Colo's out this episode uh, we're gonna do a which side are you on and I really struggled uh, with finding an album uh, to do because again to, to make this segment fun and interesting I, I obviously don't want to choose something that's uh, weighted heavily on one side and you know isn't an interesting um, discussion and, and you know dive uh, into into both sides so I was I was very very close to choosing the um, hits album that came out in 1988 uh, kind of similar to what I did on the Steve Miller band episode. Um, but, you know, looking even at that track listing, I mean, it was, it, it could have been done. I, I could have done it. Um, but uh, after uh, kind of listening to REO uh, preparing for this episode, uh, I thought, you know what? Twofold. Let, let me choose um, the album that I really enjoy, one and two that was ignored on the show that I saw, um, but also lent itself to, I think, a good um, uh, debate of, of side one versus side two. So I went with Good Trouble and from 1982. So again, the follow-up uh, to the highly successful High Infidelity, which is, I think, an interesting... Uh, album to dissect anyway coming off of that huge album um you know they had pressure on them um obviously um so released june 11th 1982 produced by kevin cronin uh, gary richrath uh, alan gratzer uh, so from the uh, you know, all three from the band and then kevin uh, beamish uh, as well so kevin beamish interesting canadian producer um you know got his first break producing uh uh, the miracles uh, in the in the 70s. Uh, he ended up doing um, Nine Lives and High Infidelity um, for for REO. Uh, I read uh, on High Infidelity he he sang some parts on Keep on Loving You, which was interesting. Um, and then he also produced uh, Jeff- Jefferson Starship, um, Saxon, uh, Y.N.T., Keel, Leatherwolf. Contraband, Michael Shanker Group, um, so an interesting variety, um, and so there you go. There's the second mention of Saxon on this uh, on this episode. He actually did uh, Saxon Crusader, um, um, which was which was interesting. So this album uh, reached number seven and ended up selling two million copies uh, in the United States. So obviously not as uh, successful as High Infidelity, but um, I think kind of a forgotten uh, album. So diving into side one, so Keep the Fire Burning, so everybody knows uh, that song, uh, written by Cronin, charted at number uh, seven. Great melodic guitar lead to kick it off. Uh, an interesting arrangement where the, the chorus uh, comes first uh, and then the verse. Um, but great song, um, great, uh, great first single. Uh, track two, so Sweet Time, also written by Cronin and was 
was a single on the album, uh, charted at number 26, and uh, Mellow Song uh, in slot two is, is kind of interesting. Great chorus, melody, uh, and backing vocals. Uh, additional backing vocals after the solo, uh, Take Our Own Sweet Time, uh, as the song um, uh, fades out. Uh, but cool song overall. Girl with the Heart of Gold. So Bruce Hall, uh, bass player, uh, uh, written song and co-lead vocal uh, on the track with, with Cronin. So Bruce Hall singing the verses, uh, kind of mellow, uh, and then Cronin comes in on the bridge. Uh, and then great, great chorus. Uh, I found a girl with a heart of gold. But to me, every time I originally heard this song, I always thought it sounded like he was saying, I found a girl um, with a heart of a gun. So not only getting, obviously, uh, gun wrong, it was gold, um, but there's sounds like there's an extra, extra uh, uh in there. So I found a girl with a heart um, of a gold. Or it, 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 listen to it. It sounds like there's something else in there, and that, that always uh, that always threw me off. Um, but great harmonizing between Hall and Cronin on the second verse. Um, so again, just a great uh, great song. Uh, track four. Every now and then, so uh, this was my least fave, um, which I mentioned earlier, uh, written by Rittrath. And then side one closes out with "I'll Follow You." So Rittrath, a written song again, one of my one of my faves. Uh, so I won't uh, won't get into the details of that again. So then side two kicks off with the key. So this was uh, a single as well, didn't chart. Um, or at least, again, I'm only going to mention if it charts in the top 40. So did not chart in the top 40, but written by Cronin. Great song, um, mellow verse, up-tempo chorus, great melody. But I'm the only one, uh, you're the only one who holds the key. Um, so that, that chorus line varies uh, with, with the different uh, choruses. Great melodic guitar line during the outro. Um, just a very, very cool song. Um, Track two, Back in My Heart Again, again written by Rittrap. Uh, acoustic intro into a mid-tempo um, song, great backing vocals on the chorus, and then a cool solo over uh, acoustic guitar uh, rhythm, uh, which uh, uh, complement each other very well. Uh, Let's Bebop, kind of a, um, kind of a cheesy uh, title. Uh, but Bruce Hall, written song, um, lead vocal from Hall, um, upbeat song, great verse and chorus melody. Actually, it's a great, great song uh, overall, um, even even with that title. Um, great harmony during the chorus, and then a great, uh, great guitar solo uh, as well. And then Stillness of the Night, uh, track four, also written by Rittrath. Uh, cool harmonizing guitar intro, um, and they also use that same thing uh, during the ending of the song. Great vocal on the chorus, uh, great melody, and again, it's just Cronin, uh, no real backing vocals there. Uh, again, great keyboard uh, solo, and then great guitar solo during the during the outro, which obviously sound like a broken record. Um, they they have a lot of that uh, throughout their career. And then uh, side two uh, closes out with Good Trouble, which I mentioned 
as one of my faves. Um, just an awesome, awesome song um, overall. So, you know, so it's interesting, you know, diving into um, side one versus side two. So obviously, side one had, you know, was the more commercial side had had the two songs that uh, that charted in the top forty. Um, obviously, uh, "Girl with a Heart of Gold," uh, not with a heart of a gun, um, is on there, uh, which is a great song. I'll Follow You closed out side, uh, side one, which was one of my faves. Uh, side one does have my least favorite song on the album. Um, and then you look at side two, so Good Trouble is, is on there, uh, which is obviously one of my faves. Uh, the Key uh, is a great song. Let's Be Bop, uh, good song. And then those other two are good, good deep cuts. Um, but I'm going to have to go with side one. Um, even with how much I, I love Good Trouble, uh, it can't uh, it can't overtake the uh, the two hits, the one-two uh, punch of the hits, and then Girl with a Heart of Gold and I'll Follow You, um, just too strong um, of songs to uh, um, to not take it uh, for me. So Good Trouble from Mario Speedwagon. I'm going with side one over side two. So did any of you see REO Speedwagon in concert? If so, when and what were your thoughts, memories, or stories from that show? What are your two faves and one least fave song from REO's albums, including Kevin Cronin and Gary Rittraff? So including REO 2 and REO, and then You Can Tune a Piano But Not Tune a Fish through Life As You Know It. And last but not least, what are your thoughts on REO's 1982 release, Good Trouble, Side 1 or Side 2? Let us know your thoughts by emailing us at slamfestpodcast at gmail.com or request to join our private Facebook page at Slamfest Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you!